humans, no matter what sector you're in, enjoy great experiences, right? Like we're experience driven people, right? Everything we do, if we have a good experience, no matter what world you're in, you're going to tell people about it and you're going to love it, right? So whether that is they're coming in for an Airbnb, we need to make sure they have an incredible experience, whether it's the theming, the amenities, the communication, all that type of stuff, whether when they come into the clinic, they need to have a five-star experience from the second they walk in the door to even after they're discharged from us. And it doesn't change no matter what the business is, experience is everything. And obviously, depending on the business, will shape how you create that experience. podcast designed to help you change your mindset and your life. It is time for something new. Join host Dr. Shante Cofield, also known as the Movement Maestro, on a journey to see the bigger picture. Open your eyes. Find your passion and discover how movement unites us all. Let's get it popping. This is Maestro on the Mic. I'm the Maestro and you're about to get maestroized. Three, two, one. Here and welcome back to another episode of my favorite podcast. Today I have with me a repeat offender. But folks, I had this guy on four years ago for episode number 18. He was gracious enough to invite me to his in-person course at the time. This is pre-COVID, to his in-person course. I fell in love with the course, wanted people to hear about it. Just it was incredible. He's been a huge supporter of me the whole time since then. And f- in the four years that have passed, my dude has opened up not one, not two, but three clinic locations. He's basically moved that in-person course online. Good thing to COVID. He has a body mass composition testing company, and he's dabbling in the real estate world. Oh, and he's also an Instagram model. So this man is doing all of the things. That's the most important one. He's doing all the things. And I brought him on because I want to catch up. I want you to hear what he's been doing. And I want you to hear about what life can look like outside of the traditional. Right? We'll go over to the PT stuff because he's doing that. But he's really been on a journey to figure out what he wants, what lights him up. And he's taken, in my opinion, a little bit of a non-traditional approach to that. Oh, and he's getting married in like five minutes. He's got a bachelor party coming up. My man is living his best life. So without further ado, welcome to the show, my good friend, Dr. Kyle Paxton. Welcome back, dude. What is going on? I like that. I need to start introducing myself as an Instagram model first. That's how I can get past 700 (laughs) followers on my personal Instagram. (laughs) I mean, if any of you go follow him, my dude is a model. He'd be wearing the jeans. He's got the boots. He got the look like my man's is an Instagram model. (laughs) That's uh, funny. It's good to be back, though. It's crazy that it's been four years. COVID obviously mm-hmm. deleted about two and a half of those, and, and it's, yeah, it's, it's flown by. It's you exciting. You survived during those two years of COVID. Like, you are, Kyle, I look at you, and I brought Kyle in to speak to the mafia. He's in the mafia, but I also brought him in to speak to the mafia. And I was just like, this guy is continues to do the thing. Now, Typically, I would ask a question and have you pick up from kind of like where things are right now, right now. But your first episode was four years ago, and I don't know how many people listen to that episode. I don't know how many people are going to go back to that episode. So we'll link it. Thank you, Courtney. But can you take us back to start off, Kyle? Four years ago, you had just started IKN. Can we start off with that, where you were at at the time, and then what evolved, what became of that? Yeah, no. So four years ago, June 2018, I um, had my practice in DC. It was still just me and like one part-time PT at the time. And um, we had just started my teaching company, Integrated Kinetic Neurology, just months before. We basically got the final information together at the end of February and did our first course in March. Um, So we were kind of in the nitty gritty of We didn't even know what we had. We didn't know if anyone would like it. And then that's where you came in and really helped kind of be an early supporter and help us fill that first one of those first classes in San Diego. And I I still credit that course to kind of being our 
launching point and being able to get us in a bunch of eyes and we were able to run with it from there. But we were uh, learning, man, the, the company is, is not anywhere close to the same as it is now. We've obviously refined all of the information we're teaching. I don't even live in the same state as I did yeah, back yeah. then. Um, so, so a lot has changed, but it was in person. You know, that was our first big in-person course. Um, obviously, COVID uh, shifted, shifted some things. It was probably one of the best things that ever happened to us. But um, quite a bit has changed. It was just me and uh, my co-founder, Ryan Foley, uh, who I uh, went to PT school with here um, in, in the US, in New York. He actually lives in Ireland because that's where he's from. Uh, so he had traveled over and never been to San Diego before. It was kind of a fun trip for all of us. But that was the last time we talked, which is is, is crazy. Right. And obviously things have grown grown since then. But um, that was the, the early stages. I was only, you know, two years out of school at that point, um, two year, not, not even two years from taking my board. So uh, very early in the career. That I was actually just wrote that down. Folks listening, longtime listeners know that I, I keep a large whiteboard next to the desk and I write down things so that I will not forget and go on a million tangents. And I literally just wrote down about starting the course and the clinic at such a quote unquote early age. And so we can just consider that like a treatment age. Like you had just graduated and this is something we talked about in the podcast of the previous episode but i'd love if you could if you can even remember back to then what were you thinking you're like one day out of school <laughs> yeah you're, you're making me you're making me feel old now if i could even remember, <laughs> remember but that? um <laughs> yeah no it is, it is crazy and actually it, it's funny i i think you helped us embrace that a little bit more because initially it was something we were trying to hide from people yeah. and yep. not have them know how young we were because we just didn't think they would respect us as much. And mm -hmm. and you really gave us some some great advice and mentoring and told us to to embrace it because you thought obviously one being true to who we are is important, but also you you thought that would help people maybe believe in us a little bit more because we're new and cutting edge and all that stuff. Yeah. And I think that worked for us. Um, but really, you know, we were, we were fresh out of school. But me and Ryan, um, with what we teach at, at IKN, is kind of this neuro orthopedic and getting people in the orthopedic performance world to understand how the nervous system and the brain can um, influence what you do. And you really need to have a deep understanding of it. And it's not just bones, muscles, tendons. And mm -hmm. we had had experience with just our own mentors and our own learning kind of outside of the PT school realm, even when we were in school. So, you know, we might've been two, two years out of school at the time, but we had been learning that type of stuff um, for years yeah. and years and years before yeah. that. And we just connected after school. We thought we were doing a lot of the same stuff and we're like, you know, our friends wanted to learn about it. So we put together some stuff to teach them initially. And then as we were doing that, we're like, okay, maybe it can be something more than that. And that's kind of how it rolled so quickly into trying to get the information out of there. But yeah, two years out, we really, it started with just a idea of how the heck, because our friends kept asking us, be like, Hey, yeah. I saw you do this exercise. What is that all about? Yeah. Um, so we flew them all in because two years out of school, you want to kind of still live um, your memories. So we flew all our buddies into DC uh, and did like a, a pseudo continuing education course to them. Um, and that's how it launched. It was really exciting. We never thought it would turn into what it is now. We've had people from over 35 countries take our courses um, and never could we have imagined that that's what it would be. But uh, that's I think that's the beauty of good ideas sometimes is they kind of evolve as they they go and you don't always have to have this big master plan you just have to kind of execute with every problem that's in front of you as you go that i love that approach because you do have a plan but you're also so action oriented and you get so much done and you get it done so quickly was this the approach you had cuz you started a clinic at at a practice we'll say at the, at that time as well was that the mindset and the approach for that as well yeah no i knew that i wanted to do that mostly because <laughs> My personality, um, I don't, I don't take orders like super great. Uh, so I, I knew that if I ever worked from anyone for anyone else, I would probably get fired. So, um, I had to kind of do my own thing. And plus I, I, I knew what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be this kind of blend of performance sports, et cetera. And this was, you know, I graduated in 2016. That was before it was really trendy to do that. You know, yeah. Danny Matei, who who yeah. obviously has has done a great job at giving a blueprint for people there, just even then was 
just starting to get it out and it, it wasn't really a thing yet. So I knew I wanted to do something like that. I learned a lot as I went. Like I said, I had some really good mentors in Rochester, New York, where, where I'm from, who helped me with it. But I knew I wanted to do that. It was just me at the time. Um, and it was just me actually for the first, man, 18 months before I brought on a, a part-time PT. But I, I learned pretty quickly in those first 18 months that um, doing it completely on my own, even if it meant not making as much money or not having the margins, et cetera, was not the way that I wanted to do things um, and tried to shift away from that pretty quickly. And um, over the years, you know, in, in 2019, I brought on my first like official partner to that business. And then in 2021, we brought on another one as I moved to Florida to start a new location. So we just kind of continue to expand the leadership team and, and break that up responsibility wise as much as we can. But, um, I always knew I wanted to start a practice. I actually thought that's what I only wanted to do, um, is brick and mortar, grow, 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 grow. And as I started to get into all these other things that I'm doing, I think I've realized that I don't necessarily need it to be huge. I think I just want it to be really, really good and have an awesome experience. And if it continues to grow, that's great. If it stays, you know, kind of where we have it now, but we give the best experience that we can give, then um, I think that's a win too. I, I, I don't know if it's my ADD or ADHD. Um, I have no official diagnosis, but I like to bounce around. I like to learn new stuff. And I think that's what's pushed me into all these other avenues um, that I've been doing over the past couple of years. I love that. You also have, you know, ADD, ADHD. I don't know what comes along with that, but you also become, you personally seem to become laser focused when you are on the thing, which I guess is part of ADD uh, when you're yeah, on, you're on. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on no, thing. I have no ability to like sit in front of my computer and knock out tasks for like 18 hours in a row um, compared to like doing a a non-work task, I really struggle keeping my yeah. focus. So I definitely yeah. have that ability to turn it on. My fiance doesn't love it because I'll disappear <laughs> for just like hours in, in my office. But um, it's something that I, I think I've realized I'm good at that. So yeah. I've tried to keep those types of tasks in my wheelhouse and things that, you know, I, I may be okay at, but not great is like, you know, community outreach and like really interacting with some of these patients and building long-term relationships and all that type of stuff. There's people in my circles now who are much better at that than me, and they've taught me a lot, and they tend to uh, excel our businesses in those categories. But I love tasks. Man, if I could be an executive assistant like for a full-time job, I would love that. Wow. I obviously have other things going on, but I love that I idea um, of just like having a checklist and being able to knock mm-hmm. them out um, as quick as possible. Yeah. Dude, I love this. I, was, I didn't know when we get into this in terms of like the time within the conversation, but going into this, I was like, we are going to talk about Kyle's uncanny ability to know what he's not good at, know what he's good at, double down and have a team. Because for many people, like we're in the entrepreneurial renaissance, it oftentimes starts off as, you know, solopreneur like you did, because that's how you start. And then we see a lot of people get tripped up when we're looking at growth, because people don't want to let go of things, or they don't know how to let go of things, or ego comes in. It's like, but no one can do it as well as I can do it. You seem to not even have an issue with that. You're like, you know what? I don't like that. I'm not that good at that. I'm hiring someone else. Can you speak about that and and your journey with that? Yeah, no, I think so. There's not a single business or opportunity that I'm involved in that I don't have a partner um, because I, I think it's it's so valuable to have for for a lot of different reasons. But I think people underestimate how much you can learn just by having someone who is also in the day-to-day to give a different perspective on things. Like for the practices, for example, um, when I brought on my first partner, Sam, who you know, Sammy Blacksocks, as you call, yeah, long, long time Instagram <laughs> friends. When we brought him on, you know, he was incredible with his ability to connect with clients and shape how we talk about what we do and and sell things and he is a much better salesman than me and you know there is i think for everyone no matter who you are if you start your own business you're going to think you're good at stuff and that first jump is going to be the hardest mm-hmm. and bringing him on i think was the hardest for me but as soon as i did that within like 2 weeks one, obviously everything went really well to where we are today. But after that first decision, it was much easier to make that decision going forward with 
with bringing other people on in that business or making that same decision in all my other businesses. Um, because once you get one out of the way, you realize that it really can be successful. And don't get me wrong, you you may have things that don't work out. Like sure. our first two PTs didn't work out with us and they're just learning experiences. And I think we are so much better for that now than if we never brought them on in the first place. Um, so even though it might bring a headache, the early days where you make mistakes and, and learn, I think have, have really accelerated us. Um, so that's where... You know, it's it's always a risk, but um, you're not going to get anywhere uh, without taking taking some risks. And you know, more more brains equals more decisions, and I like that. Um, I don't like being the one who makes all the decisions, not because I don't trust myself, but I think a better decision always happens when you have more people thinking about it. Um, and then, you know, I learned that from there's a uh, for people who are listening, Josh Funk who owns oh, yeah. Rehab to Perform is maybe maybe the best in the world at building a, a team. And, you know, he's been someone that I've admired for a long time. And I learned from a lot of this stuff. He just, he posts in general, but um, he did a really good job at the beginning of building out a team as quickly as possible, even in stages where it didn't seem like it made sense. Um, and people didn't necessarily think, why are you hiring a COO? You have like, you know, a couple clinic, you don't need this big corporate structure and now he's huge and he's doing amazing things. So I think it's just a matter of, um, trusting yourself and, and you got to figure out what you don't like. You know, sometimes that takes time too. I took me 18 months to figure out what I don't like right before I, uh, started bringing other people on. That's a magic number that 18 months people know, give your shit, everything, gauge everything in terms of 18 months spans and you will never be disappointed. Just enough time to be able to really get enough data, make a good solid decision with that. So, so Kyle, then you got a team, you have a team, team members, partners for everything that you do. Can you go through and tell us what that looks like in the, the different businesses? I'm interested to hear what other people are doing, what you're doing, what your role is. Because you have like a million yes. businesses, so yeah. So with the with the clinics, um, performance care clinics, we have we have two operating in like the DC metro region, which are both in Northern Virginia, one in Arlington and one in McLean, um, and then I operate our clinic, uh, which is new in Tampa, Florida. Um, so we have obviously three partners total: me, um, my colleague Sam, and my colleague Joe. Both of them are in DC, so they operate most of the day to day operations in DC. They handle um, certainly all the community outreach and things like that there. I do the same for the Tampa location. Um, I run all of the backend business stuff for both locations, um, because that's something that I really enjoy doing. I'm a big numbers guy. So that's something that I keep in my wheelhouse. And those two are really good at kind of seeing engaging patient responses, kind of gauging maybe what we need to tweak on the sales side of things, what we need as far as tweaking our experience moving forward. And those are the things that have always been in their wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. um, so we kind of separate it that way. Obviously, you know, all of our PTs uh, operate their own individual day-to-day -day operation as far as their own scheduling, their own payment. Um, and they obviously are treating patients and stuff like that. They both also have full patient caseloads as well. Um, but you know, that's, that's how that breaks down generally, at least for that, um, for, uh, IKN it's me and, um, my co-founder Ryan Foley in the early stages, we both kind of just split everything. And as time went on, um, we figured out he is a really good guy to have in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. uh, if anyone has followed IKN, <laughs> he has a beautiful uh, Irish accent, which people love to listen to. So, so he's shifted into mostly like the face. He's kind of the face on all of our social media. He's the one who records all of the videos and creates the content side of things. And then I'm running most of the back end website stuff. I'm dealing with a lot of the uh, hosts for our in-person courses. I deal with all of the content in and out on our online courses. We have 11 of them now. So we're constantly wow. switching and updating all of that stuff, managing the emails to our cohorts and kind of running all of stuff that makes the business go day to day. And he's kind of the bigger picture content side of things. He's uh, one of the smartest people I've ever, ever met. So I, I don't try to argue with him on any of that stuff. Um, and that's worked really, really well. For us, I think it's allowed people to identify with us a little bit more because they know his face now and they know what to expect because sure. we both have kind of different 
teaching style. So it's been good to kind of um, focus on one for people and have that yeah. consistently across all our courses. Um, and that's been successful. That's really kind of fallen into place over the last year or two um, as we switched to online. And then, like you said, I also have um, a body composition testing company where we do DEXA scans and resting metabolic rate testing. Um, that was something that actually started uh, in Arlington, Virginia and shared space with our oh, I didn't know that. Cl- clinic there. Um, and the two partners started it. And when I moved to Tampa, I thought it was a really good opportunity to bring a location down here. So we partnered together and um, have been optimizing and growing things. And for that, I run most of the community outreach down here, and I mostly manage um, the Tampa location and, and how we do things. The, the Arlington location is pretty self-sustaining at this point. I manage all our x-ray techs and stuff down here. And then even with the real estate, I have a partner um, where we buy uh, real estate together. He actually is a real estate agent. Uh, well, technically, I am now, too. I got my license. But, oh, that's um, all. Kyle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's just cheaper to get in and out of houses and stuff when you have your own license. You can, you know, obviously push the commission towards closing costs and yeah. stuff like that. So, you know, he is a big analytical numbers guy. So am I. So we do a great job at kind of checking each other's numbers and running and screening deals and stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, his wife handles most of the design pieces and and what we want the theme of the houses to be and all that type of stuff. So different roles for kind of everything, but there's nothing that I do on my own. If I had to do it all on my own, um, I would definitely crumble uh, over and over again because it's just too much, right? So I think bringing partners in allows you to just grow so much faster. um, And it's been great across all those avenues. Kyle, I think you're the first person to really speak about the team model and make it sound so exciting. Like, I, I and you have 100% acknowledged like sometimes there's ups and downs there and like that doesn't work out initially. But I one of the reasons one of the things I love the most about how you speak about it is you can really feel and see and understand the value of this and like yeah that actually makes so much sense. Like how did you these people though that you're working with? There's obviously an alignment of values because you've been working with them now for a long time. How did have there been a kind of common uh, trend in terms of how you find these partners or you just a lucky guy? Yeah. Like, what is it? You're, you're good yeah. 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 No, I'm, uh, uh, just extremely manipulative and make people <laughs> come into my circle. Um, no, I, all the partnerships that I have are people that I knew for years before going into yeah. partnerships with them. Right. So I yeah. think that has safeguarded me in a lot of different avenues because I already knew how they think versus how I think. And I, knew that there are a lot of things that align and there are a lot of things that we do differently, which I think can help each other. Like Sam and Joe both went to PT school with me, right? So I knew them for five years before they actually came into the practice. And if anyone's ever been to PT school, you spend a heck of a lot of time with each other. So you know everyone's ins and outs and their personalities really excel in certain categories. And I knew they would really do um, the things I wanted them to do. And, you know, we were just good friends, right? We knew that we could hang out and, and get along even outside of the business side of things, which I think helps. I know a lot of people say, don't go into business with your friends, but you don't want to be in business with someone that you don't feel like you can spend any time with. It's just not fun. Right. So, um, and then same thing with IKN. I went to PT school with Ryan, um, with the body composition testing stuff. They owned the gym that we actually, uh, rented space from initially. So I knew them for about four and a half years before we actually went into business with each other, but we had enough time and kind of a introductory relationship by them being a pseudo landlord and really learning everything about them. You know, they're at my birthday parties. We Mm -hmm. do holidays together, all that type of stuff before we went into business. And then same thing with, um, my real estate colleague, we actually, uh, started like a mini, mastermind group for young professionals in Arlington, Virginia before COVID um, because we both were like, hey, we're both young professionals really trying to grow our own respective businesses. He was a real estate agent. So I knew we aligned that way and we spent a lot of time together meeting people, introducing to people, and we know each other for uh, three years before um, one day we just had a conversation and said, hey, you know, I'm trying to buy some real estate. He's like, hey, so am I. Uh, and then we just wanted to, you know, spread out, obviously it costs less money to do with a partner and diversifies risk. So everyone I'm partnered with, I knew for years and that's not necessarily the case with employees, yeah. um, but employees are certainly less risk. You know, if they come and go, that's okay. But for business partners, I think it's important to spend time with them 
for a long time because you weed out all the bad things that can happen um, over many situations, right? You know someone for six months, you might not come across any bad stuff and see how you work through it. Um, PT school, we went through many stressful situations together as well and saw how they manage it. So um, yeah, no, it's been great. So I I think I am very lucky. Um, I do think I... Whenever I meet someone and spend time around them, I try to just look at them through a couple different lenses, right? And kind of see what they excel at and keep that in the back of my mind just going forward, selfishly so, you know, even to see if we can can do something together in the future. And I still do that. You know, I'm always looking for other opportunities and things to do and grow. And if, you know, an opportunity presents itself, um, I'm almost always open to it. So that's kind of how it came about pretty organically, um, nothing like, Hey, I met someone at a coffee shop. We hit it off and and we jumped into stuff. Certainly not. <laughs> like a movie. Kyle. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Nothing happens like that. It takes uh it took me about six years to develop the relationships at in a lot of cases. Shop. So that was great. Yeah. Kyle, you kind of alluded to it uh at the end there, and it's like a really good segue. Uh that you're kind of always looking for opportunities, not in like a you know, I think people hear that like, oh, he's opportunistic, and they immediately make it negative. And I'm like, that's actually a great thing. Always looking for the opportunities there. Can you, you spoke about as it relates to PT, because that made sense, opening a PT clinic, like I don't really want to work for somebody, but also you went to PT school, so it made sense, next step. Uh, IKN, you saw a problem, right? You had all the people asking, your, your buddies asking you. I love that, by the way, that you were like, we hosted a continuing ed course for them, basically, and then this thing, I love that. So with real estate, with the body mass company, what was the, what's the why there? Why did you start that? Was this because it was an opportunity? This is your ADD? Like, what, what happened? Yeah. Yeah, great question. Well, I saw the so for body, the body composition testing stuff. Um, I saw them running their Arlington location side by side to our clinics for you know a good eighteen months while I was in Arlington before I moved to Tampa. And I always appreciated the model one because I think there's just a lot of value in people understanding their body more. And you know, obviously in our clinics, we're big on kind of fighting traditional healthcare and spending time educating yes. people, getting them to have knowledge about what they what they do with their bodies from an exercise standpoint. And this was just another avenue to educate people on, you know, body fat percentages, how much muscle they have here, how much fat they have here that always leads into healthy diet conversations and just really understanding the numbers, which most people don't. Right. Mm -hmm. So I always liked that, that, you know, their goal always was to continue to scale it bigger, right. And have it be a larger model and put them uh, across the, the country. And I always thought that was great. When I moved to Tampa, um, the gym that we were renting space from is a huge bodybuilding gym. It's called MI40, which is like a huge mecca for bodybuilders down in Tampa. And bodybuilders are probably the main demographic for the body composition testing. And we both saw it as an opportunity to want to put it there. Obviously, they're in Arlington, so they have no ability to run it. And it was just kind of an opportunity to jump in together. And I saw it. I was new to Tampa, right? So I saw it as just another way through a different avenue to get in front of more people. And if that's my opening point, and then I feed them into the physical therapy, then that's great too. If I meet someone through physical therapy and I meet them and do a workshop, I can always tell them, Hey, we have this opportunity, um, right in our same gym and, you know, get them to funnel into that business. And I just saw it as a way to get in front of more eyes. And that was kind of selfishly what I, what I thought. And it was helpful for them too, because right, they're expanding into new locations. It was the first time they went into a new state and we learned a lot of systems on how to set that up. So now we're looking, you know, in North Carolina to do another one here um, relatively shortly. And now that we have the learning experience from Tampa, we can kind of go from there. So yeah, opportunity um, for both of us. And I think that's the most important part is it has to be positives on both sides, right? Like you're yes. both people need to feel like they're getting the good end of the deal. And if that's happening, I think there's usually a good chance that it has longevity to it. And I think that was the case with that scenario. But really, it, it was like, hey, how can I get more patients into the PT? And if I can get paid yeah. to do community marketing, um, then that's uh, a big win, I would say. Um, so that's kind of how that presented itself. And then the real estate stuff, I've always loved real estate, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people can resonate with this. They're like the people who spend just random times on Zillow, yeah, like right? just looking at houses, be like, oh yeah, I love that house for no yep. reason. Not looking at, <laughs> not looking to buy just because they, they enjoy it. And that's something that I always did. Um, and when we moved down here, we built our house that we 
live in in Tampa. Um, and a lot of people were coming to Tampa. It was something that we wanted to get involved with, but we knew from a, a, a capital standpoint and from a risk standpoint, it would be great to have a partner involved. Yeah. And and Blake, um, who is my partner, owns a very successful real estate brokerage uh, in DC. Obviously, he has tons of knowledge that I did not have. And I was helping him because I was in Florida. I knew the market down here. Yeah. I'm a crazy person when it comes to accomplishing tasks. And he struggles with that because he's busy with a lot of other stuff. Um, so again, we both had positives for each other. Um, and we're both very decisive. So like when stuff came up, we just went all in. So, you know, we, we have three, uh, we bought three properties, including, well, four, including my house that I built just in the last 12 months. Um, and we've been going very, very hard with some stuff. We're looking at another flip job in DC for this summer. So that would be, you know, five and 14 months. And I, I think wow. that's faster than I thought it was going to be, but it's something I really enjoy, which is why I got my license. Um, because I do like doing it. And, you know, if I can help someone like a family member or something, save some money by using my license, that's always something that I can do as well. But obviously it saves us cash and makes the numbers work better totally. when we're buying our own houses. So we have a house here in um, the beaches near Tampa, kind of just a little bit north of St. Petersburg, Florida. And then we have two um, uh, mountain houses up in like the Shenandoah mountains as well, um, kind of near DC. So that's both markets that we we're familiar with. Is that, I have so many questions, but I'm going to, but the first one up my head is the the other office or clinic that you're thinking of opening for the body comp. It's in North Carolina because mm -hmm. of that. Be <laughs> no, because it be so great question. We, we really analyzed, analyzed markets that, um, one, we could have less regulation because DEXA scan is an x-ray machine. So certain states have more regulations about what you can do with x-ray machines than others. North Carolina is a pretty good one that you can um, pretty much anyone can run an x-ray machine. You don't necessarily need tax, et cetera. So from a, uh, a number standpoint, um, who we have to pay, it makes more sense. And those areas are what I would consider like Raleigh specifically and Charlotte, um, northern transplant cities where people are still very type a motivated they're northern money coming down they're very interested in exercise but um there's still not a lot of those opportunities down there yet like body composition and, and high level boutique gyms and things like that mm -hmm. and you know we just have more gym connections there just from colleagues so we need a gym to run the the location out of so um that's kind of what put us there but we're always looking to expand that um, and we're always kind of keeping the eye out for other opportunities there because um, the margins like in, in full disclosure are pretty, pretty small on the yeah. DEXA stuff, right? Like uh, you're not yeah. charging a lot. Yeah, you need some expensive. decent. Yeah, right. So you just need, need a good amount of volume. So you kind of need to scale there. So we're always looking for more, but um, we learned a lot by opening up a fresh office in Tampa that we think now we kind of have the blueprint to be able to do it elsewhere. I love this. I love this. So you said so many things about all of the things you're doing. And this is the number one reason that I brought you on is this. I want to hear, one, I want the update. I love hearing your excitement for this. One of the things that you, yeah, we'll go down this road. One of the things that you kind of slipped in there about things that you like doing is that, and that you're really good at, is that, that kind of community outreach component. And when I brought you to the mafia, you talked about that. And if I follow you on your stories, I see you at like, my man's at a different workout class every day. <laughs> like, yeah. Can you speak about that? And just, you moved like from our last time we spoke, you are now down in Florida. You've Tampa. opened up multiple yep. businesses, different kinds of businesses. There's a networking component to that. What does that look like for you? Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, it's hard. I think I've gotten better at it, but it was something I really struggled with initially, but I'm, I'm from Western New York in, in Rochester and that's where I grew up. I went to high school, undergrad and grad school all there. So when I moved to DC to start my location, I didn't know literally a single person yeah. when I went there. So I had to learn very quickly of how to get patients. And again, at the time, there wasn't a, a lot of great blueprints of how to do that. Now I would say it's pretty obvious. Oh yeah, of course. Like go to a gym and have a workshop and do that type of stuff. But there just wasn't as many people doing there. it then. Totally. And you know, even back then I would do workshops and I would do stuff and I would bounce around and 
I would have a lot of initial touch points, but I was not good at following up in truly building a relationship, right? So it mm. seemed transactional, like I was trying to use them for patients and that'll never be successful, right? So down here, I've really refined my ability to, when I go to a place, I'm going to learn about them, right? And I've never once now gone to a place and and done anything other than say, hey, I want to learn about your business because I want to expand my network for when someone's done with PT with me and they say, hey, I want to go do this type of training. I know I have a good place to send them. So that's kind of how I frame almost all of my relationship building now. One, because it flips the script and makes it seem less predatory, right? Um, but also, it's just the best way to like learn more about your community. And and again, I, I said Josh Funk earlier, he was someone that I really saw excel with that. And that's where like whenever I go to a new place now, join the Chamber of Commerce, right? Try to go to these yeah. young professional networking events. And then, of course, boots on the ground. You know, I, I'm going to exercise anyways. I might as well go exercise and be able to meet people um, and tell them what I do. You know, I, I'm a big proponent of every single person knowing you as your profession, right? Like everyone who meets me needs to know that I'm the physical therapist, right? Yeah. Like yes. my most successful realtor buddies, everyone who knows them, like that's John, but he's the realtor guy, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I make sure everywhere I go, I do that. And it's become successful because people know that you're there to really help them, right? Like I'm going, I'm doing months of classes at these places, not expecting anything, just like developing relationships and hopefully getting in shape while I'm doing it. And I truly do learn. There's places that I go and I don't like the workout and I don't think it's a good fit for people who leave us. And I don't want to send them there because on our side of things, it doesn't make me look good if yeah. I refer them to a place that has a bad experience, right? So again, just like the partnership thing, you need to spend time at these places for months sometimes to like really see what the culture is there. And that's what I've really shifted towards um, over these past two years and and done things that way, um, no matter where uh, is a new city to me. Moving to Tampa wasn't as scary because I'd already did it once in Arlington and I knew more people in Tampa. My fiance's family and stuff lives around here, which is why we're here. So uh, it's been a little bit easier, not to say that any new location is easy, but you learn every time uh, you go to a new place. I was actually going to ask, why did you, I mean, one, I can understand why you'd want to move somewhere warm, but I was like, why Tampa? Yeah, that right. makes a lot of sense. Makes yeah, sense. no, my fiance's family, um, her brother and sister live here. It's only a matter of time before her parents uh, moved down here from Pennsylvania. And I mean, in D.C., yeah. we, we didn't have any family there, right? Like, my family's still uh, in New York. I knew I wasn't moving back to New York, for mm -hmm. sure. Um, and, you know, we're, we're getting married here. Obviously, we, we have plans to have kids in the future, and it's good to be around family for for that type of stuff and no state taxes and warm weather is a home run i mean that is right up yeah you know like, yeah right up my alley there i'm like yes that is you're living the be <laughs> beach life over there i like but it's actually warm where you are that's the difference so that's true that's true yeah <laughs> that's the difference dude i love that little piece of business advice that kyle just snuck in there and if you caught that this is the value of niching down being that guy that person so when you're in a group of people it's like, yeah, that's the PT. Kyle's the PT. Kyle's the guy that you go to if you have this question, if you know someone, whatever. He's that person, even though Kyle is obviously so much more. But the value of that as it relates to the businesses that you're running. I love I love that. Kyle, what does the IKN business model look like? So we've heard about what you're doing with the multiple locations, what your role is within them. We're talking about... Um, the real estate and with real estate, just actually as an aside, I'm because I'm fascinated in this. You are Airbnb these or are you flipping them and selling them? Yeah. So everything that we have right now are short term rentals. Obviously, it's currently the the golden age for short term rentals. Yeah. How long that continues, who knows? Mm -hmm. But um I, I think with those there's no more just getting a house and making it look like a normal house and doing them. You have to go above and beyond with mm -hmm. crazy design. So everything we do is themed and blown out with fancy, Fun. nice, cool furniture. Like we have a, it's called the Flamingo house here, right? It's totally themed Flamingo with a cool pool. The property has to be unique in some way. Same thing with the mountain houses, yeah. but, um, but yeah, all short-term rentals now, except for the property that we're potentially looking at getting, um, shortly here this would one? be kind of a short-term flip. Um, because the market's a little sketchy right now. I'm not mm -hmm. sure if I want to be getting into short-term rentals with the, the margins are just getting squeezed. So yeah. if we can flip a property, make some money over the summer and kind of push our decision-making 
forward into the fall where we have a, maybe a better idea. That's kind of our plan there. But everything right now, yeah, short-term rental stuff. Um, if it ever needed to flip, it could go to long-term rentals. Um, but uh, we're in markets that I'm not super worried about that currently. I was going to ask about Akim, but actually I want to keep going with this because one of the uh, concepts or yeah, we'll say concepts that you're kind of circling around right now is risk and risk tolerance and perceived risk. And, you know, yes, you're looking at the, the market, we're looking at numbers and margins getting smaller. For you, would you consider yourself a risky guy, risk averse guy? How are you measuring, managing risk? Like you're very calculated. Yeah. Yeah. Good question. I think maybe compared to the average individual, I'm risky seeing as how I'm kind of doing all these things on my own and I'm net worth wise relatively <laughs> leveraged into real estate. Um, but I think in general, compared to a lot of other people in the industry, we are pretty safe with our decisions. Like mm -hmm. we have some pretty high margins as our absolute baseline um, to it. be able to even pull the trigger on. Mm -hmm. Like cash on cash is generally our main margin for short-term rentals to measure. So like the total amount of money it costs to put in, call it 70,000, right? Between down payment, closing costs, furniture, et cetera. Um, we need to be making minimum 25% uh, return on that money every single year. And that's without debt pay down and appreciation and that type of stuff. So that gives you a lot of runway okay. for failure, right? Cause that, you know, um, 25% is really high. Uh, but that's the beauty of short-term right. rental, right? You can yeah. get a lot of cash flow, but because we kind of have a cutoff, um, that high, the risk is relatively low. We have plenty of equity to get out of it if we need yeah. to, right? We can always move quickly. We're in markets that we can do that. So I, I'm not really worried about it. Um, we don't buy as many and we're very picky about what we buy because of that. And there's not a lot of properties that the numbers work like that on. Um, but yeah, I feel pretty safe. I'm not very risky. Although again, like I said, probably 80% of my uh, net worth is in mm -hmm. real estate. So inherently oh, that's a little risky, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, so no, I don't think so. I'm uh, generally pretty nervous about every single dollar that leaves my <laughs> pocket. Um, in like every capacity, every like Sam, Sam, Sam and Joe, especially in the practices, they always yell at me. They're like, Hey, uh, I was going to order a new hoodie today, but are you going to yell at me? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like in, in 30, 30 bucks in the scheme of things is irrelevant. But, um, I'm always just like, I'm always, I have this mindset and you know, it's been years now that everything's been working successful, but I always think like, what if the businesses go to zero and six, like, what if our demand yeah. just like all of a sudden stops? So I'm like yeah. almost always safeguarding against that and trying yeah. to say, Hey, we need to always have this buffer and this buffer. And mm -hmm. I think that's, that's what allowed us to get through COVID. Thank goodness, especially on the practice side of things, you know, money went to a zero. We had to get very creative in how we were doing that. Same thing like IKN, honestly, um, had to get very creative, but if I was too risky, we probably would have been over leveraged and maybe not been yeah. able to survive and grow. God, I love everything you just said there and how you broke it down. Risk is so subjective. And, you know, when you're looking at somebody else who's doing something that maybe you don't even see the value in, you're like, that is too risky. But everything that you said, you're like, this is not traditional, you know, definition of risky for me. I have calculated this. I have these kinds of margins to, and I have all of these, you know, safety nets, if you will, in place so that if this happens, we'll be okay. That is phenomenal. Can I just, I'm going to kind of tease this out a little bit more. I'm so fascinated with the with the real estate side of stuff, mainly because I watch like million dollar listings every day. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> yep. World? I'm the same way. I'm like, the same way. Literally obsessed with it. And so number one, you said 70K all in. Like, Where are these houses that you're buying? They're, oh, yeah. That was an arbitrary number. Although I will say, you know, if you're doing an Airbnb, so, you know, for example, um, like our last mountain house that we closed on a couple months ago. Um, it's called the luxury moose retreat. It's like a really cool, got a giant moose head, like very animal <laughs> themed, um, really cool. But that, that house is in the Shenandoah mountains, about 90 minutes from DC. Um, it went on the market at, uh, 450 wow. or it was coming soon on the market at 450 and we didn't let it hit the market. We paid well over ask yeah. uh, with, so it didn't hit the market, but, um, we use Ew. initially, if you're in a new area, you can use, um, vacation home loans or second home loans to buy them. Um, so you only have to put 10% down, right? Oh, so wow. that's, you know, so that's 50 K yeah. if you call 500,000 on a property. Um, and then we also bought that mostly furnished. Um, so we only had to spend about 10 grand on furniture. So that's 60. Mm -hmm. We're 
we have our own licenses, so we're not paying closing costs yeah. on anything. Um, and then like a new HVAC. So, you know, you're talking 70 grand there on that property and that property makes three grand a month in cash flow, right? So, um, so you can find them. It's becoming more and more challenging. Like the yeah. Flamingo house in Florida, um, we were about 108,000 all in okay. there, right? So down houses are more expensive. This is great. Yes, exactly. And that's where like you can have as many partners yeah. as you want, right? Like it, it's sometimes it's about getting in and, you know, even if more partners splits up cash flow, like you're learning and those types of things and you know, at least you're making yeah. money. But yes, yeah. if you have, you know, if you have three, four partners on a property, which a lot of people think about it, families buy beach houses together all the time. It's no different than that. Mm -hmm. um, you're just renting it out. Obviously there's some rules using a second home loan. You have to use it for a certain certain number of days a year, which, you know, if I'm buying these houses in nice places, I want to do that anyways. Um, but yeah, no, uh, it's not as bad as I think a lot of people think. Um, it's still, you know, a lot of money yeah, in the scheme totally. of things, right? Um, but it's not like you need hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. to get involved in the real estate game. If you get a partner and you look in markets where things are cheaper, that, you could split you it looking? 30 grand, 30 yeah. grand and and figure it out, right? Nice. I actually, I don't love the big markets, right? Like I think mm -hmm. more mid-tier markets and it's more mm -hmm. local tourism, I think yeah. actually do better margins wise. So you don't need as much money in those situations. Um, so yeah, it's this. crazy. But you can get houses for 70K yeah, all in. Yeah, I'm like uh, doing math. Because I also, obviously also I'm like, I live here and that's not. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, rural Virginia is very different than uh, California in almost every capacity. Yeah, like, so, I mean, even in Tampa, like it's challenging to find any house that works under 650 yeah. now. And with interest rates, you know, if you are doing a second home loan, interest rates are higher than a primary Right. So interest rates are at like six and a half for those wow. already. Um, so, you know, margins are, are tight and that's obviously going to cost you a lot more per month. So, uh, yeah, it's a learning experience. And that's I think I've loved it because it's allowed me to just learn so much in something that I already had an interest in um, that I haven't felt excited like this uh, in a while. So, so, so fun. I, I follow this. Uh, if I follow, I mean, I have I get like a I don't know, it's like a daily email that comes and it was talking about this guy who was like a chess champion is growing up and he created software that has now allowed him to become like the number one broker, I don't know, like in Florida because he yeah. uses this algorithm that allows people to buy these houses because it, it like pulls all the data and it's like, here's what, you know, your margins are, here's what, it, you know, where the location is. And then now it's these big companies, you know, like, um, what, what do you call them? I'll just say big companies that are buying. It's not individual people like you. And I was like, this motherfucker. But good for him uh, <laughs> being able to do that. But these are the things that, yeah. I, that I'm reading about. Yeah, no, it's so cool that the real estate market is, is so fascinating right now because it's kind of in a place that it's never been. There are like large hedge funds, like you said, buying yes, up that. Thank you. entire hedge neighborhoods, fund. which is probably... Um, an issue in, in some capacity. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I'm not sure what the solution is, is to it. Obviously, even with Airbnb, you know, it's a controversial yeah. topic. Like, you know, we go yeah. out of our way to make sure everything is very nice for our neighbors um, because that can send you yeah. downhill on your property very quickly. And, you know, there's a lot of these cities that are putting in new ordinances and things like that. And if you're buying an Airbnb, you have to really know the local zoning laws and local ordinances and know what is potentially up for the next year on voting because you don't want to buy a house in an area where you're not allowed to have it and start it mm -hmm. and then get penalized and have to get out of it. So there's a lot of learning, but it is controversial. It's a crazy time. I'm not actually sure what's going to happen if the whole world is going to collapse in the next couple of months mm -hmm. or not, but um, I'm in a position where uh, I'm defensive right now and trying to just hold on to cash and see what happens. But Smart man. Smart man. I got a question for you. A story around the story that I'm hearing here, whether it's your clinic, whether it's the um, body comp clinic, body comp spaces, uh, IKN, and even in real estate, a common theme I'm hearing is that you have a substantial, significant attention to detail and the ability to see, recognize, learn, understand what will set you apart so you know you just spoke about with real estate that you have like the moose house or the flamingo house like you have these you realize like it has to, in order to thrive there needs to be this differentiator has that, yeah, is that well, something I that think, you learned or like what no well, i 
Well, maybe. Yeah, mostly because I did it wrong for a long time. <laughs> but I think I think what I've realized is like humans, no matter what sector you're in, enjoy great experiences, right? Like we're experience driven people, right? Everything we do, if we have a good experience, no matter what world you're in, you're going to tell people about it and you're going to love it, right? So whether that is they're coming in for an Airbnb, we need to make sure they have an incredible experience, whether it's the theming, the amenities, the communication, all that type of stuff, whether when they come into the clinic, they need to have a five-star experience from the second they walk in the door to even after they're discharged from us. And it doesn't change no matter what the business is, experience is everything. And obviously, depending on the business, will shape how you create that experience. But um, that's our goal with everything that I do is no matter what it is, how do we make someone say, wow, that was something that I surprisingly enjoyed. And then that's how they tell their friends about it. But experience, experience, experience um, is what people want. So got to make it exciting for them. And that doesn't mean flashy. It doesn't always mean that. Usually it means exceptional communication, right? Like as many touch points and actually listening to them, right? Obviously that's something that I think more people could do in the medical industry, actually listen to the patients, respond and tell them that you're listening to them and check in with them constantly, right? Like in between visits, our PTs are emailing with patients, right? In between when a, a person makes their booking and when they check into the Airbnb, we're connecting with them, right? So touch points show that they're cared for and have an experience. Uh, it doesn't really matter what you're doing. That's the way to win, I would say. That's so, so good. So that's actually a great segue. Can you talk about creating experience with IKN? Because you switched the model. You did a bunch of in-person, but like overseas. And now you are crushing in the online space. What's that experience like? Yeah. So the online space uh, was chaotic initially because (laughs) the world shut down and um, in March of 2020. And unfortunately, our entire business model was built on international travel teaching to large groups, (laughs) which could potentially be the worst thing as that uh, COVID is happening. So within about six weeks, we filmed almost all of our courses that were in person and turned them into online courses. It was a very, very, very quick pivot. And they sucked initially, right? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. they weren't as smooth as they should be. The way we delivered them, the touch points around it were just not great. And we just surveyed the heck out of people, right? Like every single time we had a touch point with someone, we surveyed them, got their feedback and continue to do that to this day. Um, maybe less uh, aggressive numbers of surveys now, but we took all of that and changed it. And I think for us, the biggest thing with IKN is we want the theme of what you're learning to be consistent, right? And I think if we're talking about a learning experience online, I think sometimes it's really challenging for people to take what they learn and apply it because it's online. And that's where we said, okay, even if we leave some pieces out, we want to overemphasize a lot of the same things and keep it so wildly consistent and have these principles that carry across everything because that consistency is what is going to stick out when someone's done and that's going to help them apply what they need to when they get to practice. So that is something that we really try to go out of our way of. And for us, And even like, you know, for people who are inside of our circle, it seems so repetitive because they're like, oh my gosh, can you stop talking about that thing or this concept? But for people who are new to us or haven't been experiencing that thought process for years, it takes that many reps for it to really resonate, right? Like we're teaching people new information or at least reframing information that they learned in school. And that can be challenging for people. So that's been our biggest thing, I think, with the experience that I can is overemphasizing potentially what seem like simple concepts over and over and over again, because everyone likes to overcomplicate, especially in the neuro world. People like to overcomplicate everything and it doesn't have, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't have to be that. It can be really simple. Take the knowledge you already know and just reframe it so you can apply it differently. And um, that's kind of what we do, but it's, it's been really great. So every time someone, depending on what they do, I think our kind of flagship courses are more cohort based courses where they're only open sometimes. You register and it the content slowly drips out to you over eight weeks. You have a Facebook group you ask questions in. We have live Q&As. 
um, all that type of stuff. It, it gives people a community feel and interaction with an instructor, even if they're still online. Um, I will say some people just love the in-person stuff. Like we do, we are getting back into in-person courses and, you know, we'll probably have 15 to maybe 18 in-person courses this year. Most of them I will say are international because I think the U.S. customer mm-hmm. enjoys the online experience. The international yep. customers seem to like the in-person piece more. So that's where we've just kind of biased it that way, which is 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 fine. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's been... It's been great. I, I always tell Ryan, COVID was the, although for those six weeks, we thought our company was going to, <laughs> I thought both both of my companies at the time were going to go to zero and I was going to have to flip burgers or something. But um, it the, COVID was the best thing that ever happened to us because we had talked about online for a long time, but it forced us to have to pivot quickly. And um, it has grown, accelerated our business many fold since um, March, 2020. So Man, the, this all of that the the underlying themes like it's so exciting to hear the didactics the what actually happened and they did this and they recorded this but it's the underlying things the overarching themes that to me really stand out and that i like i love teasing them out of this whole creating an experience the attention to detail knowing yourself knowing what you're good at what you're not getting at good not good at embracing that so quickly and so readily and then honestly using that like as a superpower to be like all right i'm creating a team that kind of leverages your risk as well because it's not a team that you, like you said, you didn't meet them at the Starbucks and like a movie scene, like these people you've <laughs> been with, building relationships, investing into people. And it's not about like, what can I get from them? It's, you know, how can I help them? How can this be beneficial for them? This two-way street. And this is all of the things that have been birthed from that, you know, the multiple clinics that, that, other people are, you know, I just think about Sammy Black Sox, like moving there. He has a kid now. He has like a zillion kettlebells and these opportunities <laughs> that are afforded to people because of, you know, how you show up and, and what you're doing and, and what you've invited other people to help you do. And they've invited you and you've, you know, accepted. It's, this is amazing. Is there any uh, any plan of business coaching? Is like, I don't see that on the list. Kyle. Yeah, no, it's it's something that I've kind of informally done. You know, if someone reaches out and and asks, and I'm always open to that. I, I think the thing I'm a big proponent of is if I do something, I want to be able to give my best effort. And I don't know if like in some sort of structured way, I can really give that right mm-hmm. now just yeah, from a, a time perspective. But yeah, like I'm always open to like chatting and talking shop and things like that for anyone who really reaches out, um, no matter who that is. So I, I enjoy it. Um, sometimes I have a little bit of imposter syndrome with that type of stuff, you know? Um, and it's, it's challenging when people are, are asking, asking those questions and, and potentially making decisions on their business based off of me. But, um, I do enjoy it. And like, I talk about it obviously with our friends all the time. I've certainly, man, I, I've had a lot of conversations with like new grads from PT school over the past couple of years, yeah. um, whether it's to, my alma mater or teachers I've had to groups and talk about how you can do your own thing pretty quickly. I really enjoy that. So it's stuff that I've dabbled in. Um, I don't have anything formal, but I'm always open um, again to opportunities. And if people are interested in, in, in learning, um, talk shop and, and help them out, you know? Kyle, well, this is his next business venture. Uh, in the meantime, <laughs> as he's setting that up, if people want to follow you, connect with you, get your courses, learn from you, they want to go to your clinic. What are all the contact things? We'll drop it in the show notes. Yeah. So uh, my personal Instagram, uh, where you the can model. see me modeling, modeling, of course, <laughs> is is KB Paxton. And in my bio of my personal Instagram, I have um, the links to everything. So I oh, have amazing. our performance care clinics link. I have the integrated kinetic neurology link. I have body mass composition testing link. And I even have, we have Instagrams for all of our houses. Um, so all those links are in there as well. So if you're trying to have a five-star experience, you go check those out, but everything's there. KB Paxton, um, in the Instagram bio, uh, and you can find everything, um, from there. So, so, so smart. Is there anything else that you want to promote, you know, just share with us before I ask you the final question? 
go go join the mafia obviously here um no i i appreciate you having me on i'm so glad it's obviously been overdue to be able to uh yeah, touch base and, and catch up like this um covid put a block on us being able to see each other for a while but next time in california um i'm coming to see you oh my god we're gonna get this guy playing volleyball We'll there you go. I worry. yeah, it it'd probably go better than my basketball career. So. <laughs> There's a big uh, volleyball circuit actually out there in Tampa. Like that thing. makes sense. Yeah, yeah no, I uh, that that's a market I should try to uh, I mean, break break into. I've been in the running market lately. Not me running, God <laughs> no. But um, a lot of those around here too. So yeah, I'm down. Uh, you got a volleyball date when I'm out there. Amazing. This is my guy. I'm smiling ear to ear. Before I let you go, Kyle, I gotta ask the. The traditional final question is you've given us so much, like literally so much, the overarching themes, the under, underlying themes, and then the specifics, which is why I just get so excited to talk to you because we get to kind of think about it from a 3,000 foot view, but then also be like, and then here's specifically what it looked like. It was, it was fascinating to me, but uh, you left us with so much. Is there anything else that you'd like to leave us with? Any words of wisdom, parting words, anything? Um. I think the biggest thing, and this is, you know, just something that I've done, I think don't be afraid to try to learn new things. Um, Because, you know, I never would have thought I would be into all these avenues, but it's something that if an opportunity presents it, try, check it out, learn about it. If See if you really like it. You may be surprised. And I think sometimes people are, you know, this is cliche, but scared to make the jump and, and test the waters. And you don't always have to do it all in right away, right? Like you can yeah. learn about things and the side. And that's what I've done before I've jumped into anything many times. But um, yeah, don't be afraid to to learn about new things and really spend the time to give it a chance. Um, that would be my biggest thing. Because I think a lot of people, especially in the rehab industry, are so limited to what they think they can do when they can likely do so much more. So, so good. That's why I brought you on, Kyle, and you just articulated it so well. I am so, so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for you being in my corner. I'm so grateful for you leading from the front, the chances that you've taken, and just all that you're doing. So thank you, my dude. I really, really appreciate you. Thank you for having me. We'll uh, talk soon here. You are so welcome. You folks listening to this, thank you. I know you could have been doing anything, and you chose to listen to us. And for that, we are both endlessly, endlessly appreciative. Two asks for you. If you liked it, if you loved it, if you're picking up what we're putting down, number one, go check out Kyle's profile, KB Paxton. He's got all the links in there. Get some inspiration. Number two, if you liked it, loved it, picking up what we're putting down, do me a solid and share it with somebody who you think it could help. All right, officially wrapping it up. Until next time, friends, Dr. Kyle Paxton and Maestro, 